Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia, and welcome to My Millennial Property. Emily Wallace here, and today I am super excited. We finally have a first home buyer story to tell you from one of our listeners. Carl joins me. Here in Melbourne, we are face-to-face. We are. I can't wait to unpack your home buying journey. And for those of you who are looking for your first home, you're considering the process, this would be a great episode to tune into to hear the step-by-step process and a real-life story to be able to relate to. Carl, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, we have spoken before, uh, a while back actually, when you first started considering a purchase and you just told me that you settle on your property next week. Thursday next week. That's super exciting. So, I'm sure it's been somewhat of a journey to even get to the idea of settling. A quick and uh, intense journey. Okay. Love quick and intense. (laughs) So, tell me, let's go back to the very start. Where did the whole idea of buying a property come about? Uh, I currently live in an apartment building. Yep. And everyone in that building must vacate by January 15th. Right. Yes. The reason being is that uh, the building was built about 12 years ago, but it wasn't necessarily built well. Okay. So when it rains, uh, water leaks into some of the apartments and into the businesses downstairs. So there's going to be some major construction works to rectify that issue. Yep. And whilst that's happening, all of the people that live in the building need to vacate. Wow. Yeah. That's some serious, I think that's the first time I've ever heard. Yeah. That's the reason to vacate. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, did, has, have your belongings gotten drenched in the rain? No, or? Okay. no. But like just going back to the building quality of this place, yeah. both of the showers in my apartment have leaked through to the first floor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. One after about five years and one after about seven years. <gasps> Yeah, so we've had both bathrooms, both showers replaced. Yeah, oh my goodness. just been fun. And so you were renting in that block? Yes. Do people were people owning and living in that block though as well? Yes, yeah. Oh, gosh. So I'm like my first thought is always about my next door neighbor Les and yep. Annabelle. Uh, but yeah, they've got to vacate the building for at least 4 months. Oh my goodness. Construct- yeah, so you know, for me, I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Um vacating a property, no dramas, whatever. I live by myself. Yep. Um, but I think about them. Yeah. How much of an inconvenience yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. Upheaval of actually getting out and then eventually going back in as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And accommodation for four months in Melbourne at the moment is actually not that easy to find. No. 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 So you, there's 60 apartments in my building. Yep. Uh, it's actually split into two halves. There's going to be a south half of the building gets the construction works done first. They're out for four months. Then they can come back in. Yeah. Uh, and then the north side of the building. I think there's less apartments on the north side of the building though, but they have to vacate. But it'll be about I don't know, at least 30 apartments worth of people wow. that are all looking somewhere else to live. All displaced. That's crazy. Yeah. So 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did the idea of, of buying, uh, was that all sparked by this vacate date or, how, or was this already in motion for you? No. So I actually never wanted to buy property. Ah, yeah. there you go. What, yeah. can, hang on, can we touch on that? Why not? Uh so as we are talking before the podcast yeah. about my background in financial yes, planning, yes. Uh, property ownership is not necessarily something that a lot of people in finance would I know, recommend yep. or, or go about doing. You know, the theory has always been you're probably better off renting and then allocating your capital somewhere else sure. uh, for a better return. And life is more fluid that way. You can move, family changes up and down. Uh, so yeah, never, I never really thought I'd own property. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never something I really thought about too much. Happy to rent for the rest of my life. Yep. Um, but then I received an inheritance with a condition. Oh, <laughs> and that condition <laughs> that was... I have to use non property. <laughs> so I'm half Italian. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you've had too many Italian clients, yeah. <laughs> but uh, property is a big part yeah. of like migrant families that yes. have come to Australia. Yes, most uh, definitely. Yeah, so they don't believe in anything else other than property and bricks and mortar. Bricks and mortar and cash in the mattress. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they believe in. So, uh, yes, it was. So my nunna had heard about what was happening mm-hmm. uh, to me. And so I'd be, you know, displaced and I had to go look for a, for a place. And uh, she's my, the last of all my grandparents as Aww, well. Yep. And she was sort of thinking, oh, look, she's coming to the end of her life and she's uh, looking, thinking about her will and how things are going to be passed on to her family after she leaves. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I was going to give Carl around about this amount of money when I passed away, but it'd be good to give it to him now to help him slash kind of force me. (laughs) (laughs) You must buy a property. (laughs) Exactly. Must buy a property, must find woman, must start family. Um, Yeah. To try and force me to, to, to buy property. And I just looked at it and I was like, Oh, okay. Like that's tipped the scales in because I necessarily wouldn't have access to that money if I wasn't to use it for property. Like yeah. to go to say to my nun and be like, okay, thanks for that money, but I'm just going to chuck it in the share market. Yeah. This thing that you don't understand and you're, you're very <laughs> scared of. So yeah, I had to use it on property and that, that's where I was like, all right, let's, let's have a look. Let's compare renting to buying. Yep. And uh, I compared them. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like this kind of makes sense to buy now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A few, a few different, like a few things that have happened in the market as well in the recent times that have sort of made that buying decision a little bit more appealing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Mm. So in terms of a, a time frame, so you've obviously got the vacate date in your mind, yep. early Jan, 2023, you have to be out by, you've also got this inheritance that's been set with a purpose. You have to buy a property. So when did you start actively looking for property? I think in September. September, 2022. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not that long ago. We're recording in December 2022, so not that long ago. Um, And what was the first thing that you did? Like how did you go about trying to search for what you're looking to buy? The first thing was – first thing was like making a decision whether I wanted to buy or not. Yeah. So I was looking – I've always knew – like I currently live in Abbotsford. Okay. And I I, I love where I live, but uh, I've lived there for a very long time and – where I spend my time on weekends and where my friends lived is in the inner north. Okay. So I found myself always being in the inner north on the weekend or visiting people. And I, I thought if I ever move from Abbotsford, where will I go? And that's where it is. So I started looking at prices of 
places, how much they cost and comparing them to rental as well. Mm-hmm. There's a really great um, finance content creator or educator that I really like called Ben Felix. Okay. Who's on YouTube. And I think like a lot of listeners that listen to My Millennial Money will probably know him. Yeah. But yeah, he has this 5% rule, which is basically if you can rent a place for 5% of the purchase price, that's fair value. So if if rental is higher than 5%, it's better to buy. Yep. And if rental is lower than 5% of the purchase price, it's better to rent. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So that, it's just kind of like a rough- a vague, yeah. A big, yeah, yeah, a vague thing. So new property prices have come down a little, but new rental prices has gone up mm, a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I was looking at new rentals and going, oh, that's super expensive. Uh, I could probably buy this place. Uh, and it's a sort of fair trade-off. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's been a massive uh, thing that I'm sure listeners have noticed, particularly the majors in terms of the rental market, the demand and anything that's new, even if it's somewhat of a shoebox-like apartment for the fact of a rental with a good location, mm. they're commanding good money. The investors are actually doing well out of them because generally speaking, you know, apartments are questionable for capital growth in comparison to a house. It's always just been the trend. But if you can get good cash flow from them, which at the moment a lot of uh, investors are, then it makes sense. So it's interesting about that rule, you know, trying to decide when it's a good purchase versus when it's actually better to rent it. And the newer, more modern builds, which are starting to come up to completion, there's quite a few things that are completing big um, high-rises and stuff closer to the city, even more construction starting. We still don't have enough supply in most of the major capital cities for the demand, plus migration coming back and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So... Your story is interesting because I think there's a lot of people who were in your position of, of renting and have decided actually more so for security. They weren't, they weren't forced to buy a house by their, yeah. um, <laughs> by their family member, yeah. um, but they have worked out the numbers actually make sense, even with rate rises, to purchase yeah. and put it towards a mortgage. So you made the decision just to look at purchasing and you were looking at that inner north corridor to yes. be closer to friends. Yeah. Yep. And so what did it look like? Like how many properties were you going to? How were you going about actually sussing out where to go and what to see? Uh, so I basically start on realestate.com yes. and just have a look. That's where I was doing my comparison of rental to buying as well. So I got a good feel for like what's out there for what sort of price point. Um, sort of setting a price that I wanted to spend because I was, I was sort of thinking, you know, I could rent for 400 a week. What can, what sort, sort of properties are renting for 400 a week? What do they cost to buy? So I sort of set my price point around there. Yeah, cool. But yeah, just checked out on realestate.com. I had a look through there. Uh, ignored domain. I had a look at both <laughs> to start off with. <laughs> and I think I listened to one of your podcasts where – I can't remember if John or yourself said that you're a realestate.com person. Oh, that, that would definitely be me. Yeah, that cemented yeah. it for me. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm going to be a realestate.com person. <laughs> One thing I will say though, like don't get me wrong, I am a realestate.com person and yep. it annoys me when clients send domain links because I just <laughs> I just don't live on domain, but you know, yeah. you've got to adapt. Uh, domain actually has more properties listed in the rental market because it's cheaper uh, advertising. So what? hot tip if you're a renter out there and you've been debating which app to use or you interchange between both, you'll notice more listings on domain. It's just a cheaper marketing tool and landlords who are keeping a low budget uh, associated with the property often advertise for rent on domain. That's a good tip. See, listeners, you get your value out of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's And 
I'm not sure if realestate.com does this, but I definitely know Domain does this. They do like a building profile. I love, okay. I have to admit, I do like them. Yeah, they're really good. Really great for me as well. So I bought an apartment in an apartment building, which has about 90 apartments in it. Sure. It was really great to have a look at everyone else, like because it shows the listing as well. So I could see, and because it's an apartment built and they're all built with the same kitchen, they're all built with the same similar layout and things like that, cabinetry, whatever. I was like, okay, this person's put hardwood floors. They've put this color. Oh, that looks great. Like I took that to a flooring company, but like, I want this. This is an apartment <laughs> in my building, like two floors up. I want these floors. Yeah. Awesome. Those, yeah. Those building profiles are really good. You can say, oh, my apartment has this horrible teal splashback at the moment, which I want to get rid teal, of. Teal splashback. Yeah. It was built in. <laughs> Lisa's not red. <laughs> yeah. Built in 2009. Okay. So okay. that was the, the style at the time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that domain building profile could have a look at other people's kitchens in my building. Yeah. Like, what did they do with the teal splashback? Yeah. It's funny how those, um, the colors come into seasons, don't they? Like teal was obviously the, the 09 color or like yes. the one they thought was a good building color. Red, whenever I see red, I just cringe. Red was early <laughs> 2000s. I'm like, oh, please no, or lime green. It's horrendous. Yes. Yep. Yep. No one likes colored splashbacks. Sorry if you're listening and you do like them, but it's just not a thing anymore. So. Do we go off track there? Where were we? Well, we were just talking about the search because what I, I find oh, interesting right. how yes. people go about their search because a lot of people I speak to, when they are in the home buying process, they actually spend a lot of time online before they physically go anywhere. Right. So yeah. I was more trying to suss out like your ratio of like searching listings versus attending open homes. Like did you go to physically to many properties? Yes. Yeah. So I did a calculation before I came here. Okay. I definitely <laughs> saw 37 properties. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. That's a good number. 37 and took notes on 37. Okay. Yep. That's what I know I did because I've got notes on yeah. 37 properties. In uh, an Excel or... Google Notes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yep. I would Love make it. this one master note, which had like a heap of questions on it. And then I would copy and paste it and then put the property name of the property ah. on top, put the address, uh, put a link to the realestate.com link. Yep. Real estate agent selling price points. Yeah, I would just and sort of like pre-fill as much as, as much of this notes as I could and then rock up to the viewing. And what sort of uh, questions do you have on there to I can, ask? I can open it on oh, my phone Oh, here we now. go. We've got, <laughs> we've got a live reading. I actually gave this list to multiple other people. That's uh, so I, good. Yeah, because like they're it. all in the same boat. Oh, like this is why I'm on the podcast as well because everyone's in the same boat yep. as, as I am. And, man, you might disagree because it's your job, but buying a property sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It's time consuming. It's, it is. It, yeah. Well, I mean, we, I guess we wouldn't exist if it wasn't a full-time job, but no. um, I think what people underestimate the most is it's your first time doing it. So you have to spend a period of time learning stuff and it might be even learning the questions to ask, yep. um, what to look out for. And the more property you see, the more, you know, I think 37 is impressive. John has a rule about inspect 100. Yeah. Uh, um, look, <laughs> John, if you're listening, online, I reckon. yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I don't know that everyone would physically inspect a hundred, um, no. but they may, you know, phys- like look online. I think you get burnt out if you looked at a hundred. I was doing it, given I did it in a very short time, yeah. but I was doing it in like four suburbs in the north of Melbourne. Yes. And my Saturdays, I would just bounce around those four suburbs, not even drive it, like not even that far. Yeah. But still, I would see like seven or eight a day, which is a lot for a Saturday. But still, I was like maybe three weekends in, I was 
just I'm exhausted. Yeah, you I, do I give up your Saturdays. I want my time back. Yeah. I want my Saturdays yeah. back. I want to do something <laughs> other than talk to real estate agents. And it was because I was in such a specific area as well. I was seeing, I was building these relationships with these uh, yeah. with these real estate agents because obviously their office, you know, looked after the suburbs I was going to, and I was yes. yeah. Yeah. And also it's funny when you're looking for a particular property, you also see the similar buyers going yes. around and then it becomes like, Ooh, do you like this one? Do I like that one? You're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. each other off. Cause you, you know, <laughs> you know who else is looking. I'm out there giving them notes, giving, yeah. them, giving them pet talks. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so tell us this list of questions. Cause I think this is going to be super valuable. All right. It starts off with the ones that I'd ask the real estate agent or if I could find them online, yep. but it was square meterage, uh, owner's corp, Council rates, gas and water rates. Uh, is it vacant or does it currently have tenants? Uh, how many places in the building? What's rent for for a place like that? What year was it built? Um, any known building issues, which is pretty standard to ask a uh, real estate agent. I put in why, why is the vendor selling? But I put that in like last yeah. and I was asking them because built up a bit of a rapport. Be yeah. like, hey, you can tell me what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> We're friends. <laughs> uh, split system aircon and where it is. Yep. Uh, direction the building faces. Cross flow windows. Ooh. Big one for me. Okay. I'll, I'm a man for fresh air. Yep. Love it. <laughs> Don't we all? So if there was... <laughs> If there was a window on either side of the apartment, yeah. and f- for the listener, I was looking for one-bedroom apartments, big tick, big yeah. tick. If I could get cross-flow, if I could open up one window on one side of the apartment and open up the balcony or another window on the other side and have air come through, big tick for yeah. me. Love it. Uh, storage cage, uh, the type of parking, like stacker and stuff like that. Push bike storage, uh, what common areas are there? Double glazed windows. Uh, east or west facing bedroom window or what way the bedroom window faced? Yeah. What's your preference? Morning or night sun? None. None. There's a preference. Okay. <laughs> so no light. Was, yeah. It like, if it, basically if it was an east facing window for the bedroom, it would get a down mark. Okay. I get to work at 6am. Oh, okay. So yep. I, I am up normally quite early, but on the weekends, I love to sleep in. Yeah, fair. And I don't like the sun shining into my window. So east facing bedrooms. It wasn't a big thing on my list. Yep. Um, but it was just like It was a note. Yeah. Something to something to note down. Uh the type of laundry, whether it's a Euro or in the bathroom. Uh room in the kitchen for an island bench. I love an island bench. Yes, everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like A grade requirement. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh public transport. Uh was there enough parking for when my friends visit? Yep. Right. So I went to one place and there was like it was on the corner of like two really busy streets that didn't have parking. I'm like, whatever, someone comes to visit. Where are they going to park? Yep. Uh, close to Aldi because I love Aldi. <laughs> we have an Aldi shopper in the house. Hello, I'm in my 30s and I love Aldi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and close to bars and nightlife. So yep. like a short walk to to some entertainment. Love it. Um, yeah, that's 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 my list. Yeah, so they were your sort of check check items that you would go through and just also because you were seeing, you know, seven properties a weekend. You're like, Oh, I can't even remember like what type of laundry this one had. So it was just good to have them there. And I could just quickly just write down a a one word answer and yeah, just, and then I would sort of save the favorites from the day and discard some straight away. Um, but then you had sort of like notes to, to compare. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. I think that's super prepared. And you're right. When you're looking at so many properties in one day, they all blur into one. Yeah. 
uh, even when you're you know, cross-checking the listings on realestate.com or whatever and refreshing yourself with a floor plan, it's just, it's good to have notes and it's good to ask all the questions. One thing I would say more generally around agents, don't get me wrong, great to ask some questions. Mm. Just like buyer beware with agents because I know they sniff first-term buyers from a mile away yep. and they like questions where it's like a yes or no answer or like a, I don't know, I'll find out for you type of thing or anything related to the building. Usually they just won't tell you straight. Yes. Like even even myself as an advocate sometimes, they don't give you the straight answer and you have to go digging for it for yourself, mm. whether it be um, reading the body corporate meeting minutes or doing further counsel investigation, things like that. Um, just a general note to first home buyers, like the agents are not your besties, you know? No, they represent like, the, the seller. Correct. Yeah. And whilst they can be helpful and they can, some of them can be very genuine in helping you, you fundamentally need to remember that you represent yourself or you have someone representing you. Mm. You rely on that, not the representations of the agents. And even in the contract, it will say you cannot rely on any representations, even the floor plan measurements, the photos, even the copyright that's in the actual listing. Yeah, right. You can't rely on it as true representation of the property. So just, I'm always passionate about that because people are like, oh, but the real estate agent said, I'm like, yeah, of course they did. You yeah. know, like they want to get a deal done. Of course they yeah. said what you wanted to hear. I think it's, I think it's, and this is just a good note with anything in life. Yeah. Is like, understand how someone's butter is, bread is buttered. Is that the bread same? Bread is buttered. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Real estate agents, all they want to do is just turn over properties. They just want to get a pro- like get someone to come sell a property, uh, get it done as quick as possible, as easy as possible, get you out the door and do another one. That's how they make their revenue. They turn they make their money on turnover rather than, you know, say for my apartment, it was less than four hundred thousand. Yeah. If the real estate agent tried to squeeze an extra ten grand out of me, their extra commission is is so small. They'd rather sell ten apartments for under 400,000 then try and haggle on five apartments, for yeah, example. Correct. Try and bump up the price on five apartments. Yeah, it can be a volume game when it comes to um, the smaller sales yeah. because a lot of them are percentage-based. Although industry insight, usually when an apartment sits at $500,000 or less, they do have a fixed fee. So oh, even right. then, they're not even that enticed. Usually it's yeah. ten grand. I um, met so many of the juniors. Yeah, you would have too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they put all the juniors on the on the smaller apartments. So yeah. in terms of you know, like they send their directors or like their elite agents to these you know multi million dollar homes, exactly. where the skill set is you know really a push for negotiations. But they put juniors on apartments usually. Yeah, I found the juniors easier to hustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could get uh, I could get answers out of them and. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. They don't have a very good poker face when they're young. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> but like, bless them. Yeah. You know, good luck to them. Good luck. <laughs> I'm sure a real estate career will work out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of them won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the property that you actually bought and you're going to settle on next week. So just a moment. We'll be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, so you were clearly diligent, Carl, in the process of going through all the properties, having your notes, discarding the ones that you didn't care about, keeping the ones you did and and favouriting and all the rest of it. How did you actually come to the decision of, did you like have a short list of like a top five? Was there one standout? How did you get to the point of being like, right, I'm ready to commit to pursuing a certain property? I had sort of rolling favourites through time. So it always sort of sort of keep mind of a top three. And I think I spoke to you about one of the properties that I really loved. Yes. And then I got the contract for it and there were so many red flags in there. And I was like, oh, I understand why they're selling this for not so much. Um, yeah, it is something to stay away from. So that was like, that went from my favorite property to like, don't even think about it anymore after I got the section 32 reviewed by my conveyancer. That hurts, doesn't it? It does. It does. And also like, Talking about real estate agents before, I built up such a good relationship <laughs> with that real estate agent um, because I saw them heaps. I actually inspected the property three times. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it so much. I took my mates there. Um, yeah, it was great. And yeah, look, I was. it was one of the first properties I saw as well. So I, I didn't know as much uh, as I did towards the end. So, you know, it was on market for quite a while. And when I was going to the viewings, I was like the only one there as well. So... You know, and it was just such a nice price point for such a beautiful apartment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it turned What was the most major issue just in a nutshell as to why you didn't go the with that one? building. There's this big developer in Melbourne who went bust and he owned, uh, I think they still owned half of the building, of the apartments. So uh, it was all, it was in the hands of the bank, but body corporate fees weren't being paid. So like only 50% of the the apartments were owned by actual people rather than this guy that went went bust. So half of the money was going into the body corporate like fund. Um, So like you could actually tell that some of them, it was was pretty new building. It would have been built within the last five years, but there was already maintenance issues. We're like, why didn't they fix that yet? Uh, Like like, they had this beautiful rooftop that overlooked the city, but something was wrong with the gutter. And I'm like, that's like so easy to fix. Why hasn't that been fixed? Like, and sort of, having a look at the body corporate and reading through the minutes of the meetings, mm. been like, oh, that's why, because there's like no money. <laughs> yeah. Need money to fix that. Yeah. That's also a good um, red flag to point out more generally to buyers. If, because it's not uncommon developers hold stock, right? Or the yes. builder. When it comes to body corporate meetings, if they actually hold collectively more than 50% really, any vote that they have on behalf of their more than 50% goes. So if you're, if you're buying into a block and it's not evenly distributed, your say doesn't really count. Yep. So just be 
careful of that. Sometimes they'll hold them and then for tax reasons, they'll sell two a year or something so they don't hit their yes. gains too much. But um, I mean, obviously in your case, it was more that they went bust and they were trying to sell out and there was money missing. But in some cases, it actually can be they can afford to hold them. But when they do hold too many, your say in body corporate is nil because they actually have majority vote. Side note. Yeah. So that was my favorite. Yes. Uh, that one. That one went. So yeah, you, it was good. You know, you'd go see a property, you'd, you'd see it online, you'd be like, all right, I like this one. It's at an interesting price point. I'll go check it out. And sometimes it'd be like an instant, like, yep, that's in the, in the favorites or it'd be an instant, no, yep. that's that's gone. So what, like, you don't know until you get there and actually have a walk around the place and look at it, see how it's spaced out, see how you feel in the place mm-hmm. before you can really like make a call whether you like it or not. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of always have these like rolling... I would keep these notes. I'd use Google Notes for anyone that uses Google Notes. You can sort of like move the note around and like I would like reshuffle them. Like yeah. so I would like archive the ones I like saw that place. It sucked. Archive. Yeah. Uh, if I liked a place, I would keep it up in okay. the in the notes. And yeah. be like, all right, like I'm paying attention to you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the places I'd like, I'd request the contract. Uh, I'd sort of flick through it a bit myself. But if I... I think I only got three contracts reviewed actually from my conveyancer. Uh, I was like, I was very surprised when I actually got the property that I got. So it kind of maybe cut my search a little bit short. I'm very happy with the place I got, yeah. but I think I was very lucky as well right. that I got it like in a good time. Okay. And how yeah. did that unfold? What did that look like? Um, this new place came onto the market. Uh, it was listed at 360 to 390. Yeah. I was like, cool, interesting price point. The photos didn't look that nice, uh, but I was like, whatever, I'll go check it out. I'd actually seen a property and walked through and met the real estate agent of the person of the Ray White, whatever that put it up. Saw them actually do an auction as well, which is ah, something I picked up from your podcast. Yes. Go watch an auction. Um, yes. And that was a good, that gave me a really good good insight into what's happening in the market at the moment mm-hmm. because I was the only person at that auction for uh, an apartment earlier. Okay. And it was so funny because they did the whole show. Yeah. They like, <laughs> thank you ladies and gentlemen for coming. And he's looking left and right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm standing right in front of you, man. I'm the only person here. Yeah. Like, who are you talking to? <laughs> we know there's three people in the crowd who have ordered contracts and who have done building in person. You're like, mate. Yeah. 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 Because no. <laughs> apparently there's buyers online watching through the phone uh, through a live stream. And I'm like, there's no one on that phone. <laughs> line <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i knew the guy we had a bit of a laugh when, when i when i saw this other property and went along and had a look and wouldn't you know it couldn't tell from the photos but cross flow airflow oh, look out <laughs> you stick the Let's, first box yeah it was i wasn't even thinking much about this place and then i sort of got there and i was like oh i actually like this building yeah um and yeah had to walk through the apartment i was i i was just like it was one of five apartments I was going to inspect that day. I wasn't really thinking too much about it. Yeah. Uh, but I got there and I had a look and walked through and I was like, I like this place. Yeah. This is this is great. So, yeah, it's sort of, you know, one of the notes that stayed up. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, you know, a few of my things that it ticked, which I quite liked. Uh, is it at the, an interesting price point? And I just sort of, I was like, oh, you know, it's in the area. I might go check it another weekend on another Saturday um, fit it in with with uh, the other places I'm going to go see. So I did go check it out for a second time. And at that time, this was like two weeks after it had been listed, the real estate agent said, oh, we're actually going to drop the window down to 350 to 380. Oh, okay. Yeah, Interesting. Maybe a sign of the times or okay. I don't know. Yep. So I was like, okay, good to know, good cool. to know. Uh, requested the contract. I like this place, so I got it sent off to the conveyancer. 
sort of talking to real estate. He's like, you're going to come along to the auction. Yeah, I'll come along. Uh, I actually got a building and pest inspection done on this place as well. Yeah. So it's probably gave away to the real estate agent that was very keen. Yeah. Because of an auction. I was actually going to make a offer before the auction. This is something you might be able to speak about, yes. uh, which confused me. Okay. And they, because I, I said to them, oh, would you take offer before the auction? Because the auction is not for another two weeks. Yeah. And he said, yes, but I'd bring the auction forward and make it an unconditional offer still. Yeah. Okay. Which confused me. Cause I'm like, sneaky. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. The auction's in two weeks. Like the whole point of me making an offer now is that I get the conditional condition to finance and building and pest. So I don't have to do the building and pest now. Yeah. Yeah. So just to touch on that. So generally speaking, are we talking about Victorian auction rules? So auction rules in Victoria state that the property is under unconditional conditions uh, three business days prior to and post an advertised um, auction date. So what would happen if they bought the auction date forward, the scheduled auction date advertised as um, closer to the time you're thinking of making an offer, the three days prior to that date, you would have to make an unconditional offer. You would get no calling off, no conditions attached to it. It's also more generally a vendor who picks an auction campaign. They don't want they don't want any fluff of the deal. They just want to get it done. They want it signed. And so to put a conditional offer in prior, building and pest can actually usually be okay if it's like three day because three days is the same as cooling off. And so if you can do it in that window, it's neither here nor there. But finance prior to auction usually won't get accepted because they can get an unconditional um, contract, you know, once the auction takes place or three business days prior. So that's a bit sneaky in that they must have wanted to bring it forward so that whatever you put forward would have had to be unconditional yeah. on the basis of an advertised auction date. Mm, I was yeah. just so confused that he said, I oh, would we'll just bring the auction forward. Yeah. Just get it wrapped me, up. Or? Yeah, yeah. that kind of sounds what he was doing, to be honest. Yeah. 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 You can reveal the name after um, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I was just so confused. <laughs> I, you did an Instagram live that night. Oh, did I? Uh, yeah, I think I put it as one of the questions. <laughs> but it, when you do a comment on an Instagram live, it doesn't let you like type out a heap of text. So oh, I put okay. In, I, I, had to type, I typed out the first half as much as it let me and hit send. <laughs> and then I typed out the second half. But as I was typing the second half, someone else asked a really good question. Oh, and no. then you answered that. And then you're like... <laughs> Carl, what's what's this? What? And then, then you, you're like, this, that you, it did just I can, disregard it? Yeah, I oh, that's so that rude of me. You. And I was like, <laughs> but it was my fault. I just couldn't type the second half of the question long enough. Yeah. And I was like, well, there you so go. Confusing. There's your answer post-purchase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not yes. sure how helpful that is. So do they bring it forward or what do they do? No, I still, I, I was like, all right, I'm just going to wait for the auction then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Keep looking. And again, like I was, uh, so I actually bought the place at the end of October. And I started looking at the end of September. So I think I only had like a six week window between like, oh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to buy a property. It's actually buying one. So I was like. Love it. On it. Uh, because that also in September is when I found out that I had to vacate the building. Of course. So that's yeah, what I had like, a deadline looming as well. Yeah. And yep. then minimum settlement, like 28 days or mm-hmm. 30 days. Yeah. My conveyance has said, I would rather you do a settlement 45 days rather than 30. I was like, okay, cool. That's another 15 <laughs> days. I'm going to get this thing. Like, and I wanted to settle before Christmas as well. Because my yeah. conveyance is like, do not try and settle like the week of Christmas until the first two weeks of January. Like that, that period is just off. Yeah. I was like, cool. Well, I got to be out of my apartment at the 15th of January. Yeah. So I had to settle before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to buy the place 45 days before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So which led to, and I was like, I got to get this done now. Yeah. And that's why I was sort of hustling a lot. Uh, Did you feel rushed? 
Yeah. 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 Do you still feel that you made a good decision? 100%. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. yeah. Um, I should finish my buying story. In yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I got the building in Pest uh, and I was like, cool, I'll see you at the auction. I was still like looking at the places up until that auction as well. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked the place and I thought to myself, fair value, like decent value would be like 365, 370. Sure. Would be fair for this place. Comparing it to other places that I've done my research in the area, this type of property, that is a good value. If I can pick it up for 350 like or cheaper, like fantastic. And as real estate agents will do, be like, oh, there's going to be two people online that are bidding. Uh, there's a person that'll be there on the weekends that'll be bidding. And if someone else can get their pre-approval organized before Friday, they'll be there as well and they'll be keen to bid. And I was kind of like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> there's going to be no one on those phones. Yeah. For sure there's going to be no one online because like who's buying this apartment online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in this type of market as well. Like what type of like maybe investor is buying mm. an apartment at this in this sort of market? Like that's the type of person that might do sight unseen or not show up to the actual auction. And I was like, all right, but he did get into my head a little bit. And I'm like, there's other people there. Like what's my, what's my auction strategy? So yeah, I think I listened to a couple of your podcasts as well that had some notes on on auctions. By the way, I've listened to every one of your podcasts. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, I never listened. Uh, I've been a My Millennial Money listener for a while. Yeah. Um, a casual listener. But because I never really wanted to buy property, I just yeah. ignored the property You just pushed podcast. us to one side until you needed us. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then when like John would come on to the My Millennial Podcast episode to talk about property, I'm like, shut up about property. <laughs> talk about stonks. <laughs> So I like binged your podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Some episodes I'll listen to uh, multiple times as well, The you know, depending where I was on my journey. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had like an auction strategy. I was like, all right, like I'll jump in at 350 and I'll go, like I'll buddy along and go with the other people and I'll be charming and, you know, friendly with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not do the silent, like, just raise my hand. I was like, that's not the type of person I am either as well. So I was like, oh, I'll have a laugh with the person and I'll go up to 365 in maybe 5K increments and then I'll do 1K up until 370, but that's my cap. Yeah. And I think that someone else might put their cap at 365. So that's where I was like, you know, yeah. we've got to think about someone else's strategy. What, what, where are their limits and what do they want to do? Anyway. Got there on the day, did the little inspection, took my mate along with me. Yeah. Um, just for a bit of emotional support. You need it. Yeah. Yeah. In an auction, you definitely need it. Like hold my hand. Yeah. Regulate my emotions. <laughs> yeah. And there's this other big guy there and I was like, oh, interesting. And he had like a construction company t-shirt on and I was like, oh, damn it. This guy probably knows stuff <laughs> about property. And But then I just like went down. They, they sent us downstairs to wait to uh, they're going to talk with the vendors and prepare for the auction then come yeah. down. I just like started chatting to the guy. Yeah. And I found out that he lived in the building. Oh, okay. No yeah. threat. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And he's like, oh, if it goes for a silly price, like I'll chuck some money at it. But like I'm not like if it's at a low, like a, a proper price or a cheap price, if I can pick it up for cheap, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, and I just asked, he was renting in that building as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and I just asked him questions about the building. And so it's actually good to talk to him and so and he was very standoffish as, as well because we were the only serious people there right okay what people that went through again going back to what i said earlier how i, I stood alone at the other yeah, auction yeah. there wasn't that many people there especially at auctions for for one bedroom apartments 
Anyway, uh, so the auction started and they asked for an open bid and the big guy said, oh, 300. It's sort of like... <laughs> That's a bit cheeky. <laughs> yeah, sort of a joke, but not really. Yeah. And the real estate agent kind of scoffed at it and was like, oh, like, you know, we're kind of looking to... We're, said something about our bid's going to be like 340. Oh, vendor bid to open it up. Yeah, yeah. and we want to go 10 grand from here. So there was a guy that I was familiar with, the real estate agent. He was standing next to me and then there was his boss that was running the actual auction. And I was like, can I? Again, I don't really fully understand it, but I was like, can I have a 340? And he's like, no, that's that's like our bid. You've got to like, we're going up 10 grand from there. And I was like, whatever. Looked at my mate and I was like, all right, that's 350. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get it started. Yeah. And again, there was only like me, this other guy and just like a few onlookers that weren't even like engaging with it really. I swear that a couple of them were just people that would just go into the shops and walking past like, oh, there's an auction on. I'll stick around yeah, yeah. and have a look. <laughs> um, and they did that, you know, any, you know, anyone else want to jump up from here? And everyone just stayed quiet. And they're like, all right, we'll go upstairs and talk to the vendors. And I was like, okay, I know what goes on here. And normally they come back and then someone else will start bidding and whatever. Yeah. They came downstairs and they sort of like, all right, we're going to start it up again. We're at 350. Does anyone want to go from here? And everyone was silent. Again, there wasn't even that many people there, but no one said anything. And they're like, all right, doing the going once, going twice, three. And this was like, this took a minute. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. Congratulations. And I was like, oh, they knocked it down to you in that. They didn't even say like we're on the market and selling. Oh, no, they said, they're on, yeah, they came down. Oh. Sorry. The first thing they said when they came down is like we're on the market and we're no selling. Way. The vendor's happy with that. And I was like, okay, that's a good sign. I know that being on the market yeah, is good. They're selling. That now, if someone jumps in higher than that, obviously we've got a bid, but I was like, no one said anything. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then they're like, congratulations. And the, and the guy's like reaching at his hand to shake my hand. You had a like, one bid auction. I know. I've never I was heard like, of this before. I was kind of shocked. I'm like, <laughs> What just happened? Like that was too it's easy. House. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for three fifty as well. That's so good. Yeah, well done. That's yeah. awesome. This is why I'm like really happy with my, yeah, it sounds like with it. my decision. So that was sweet. They're like, all right, we're going to go upstairs. Um, wait down here for a sec. We'll come grab you. Yeah. And we'll go up. And my mate came over to me. He's like, good stuff. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm like, let's not talk about this until we get to my car. I was like, we're not talking, we're not saying anything about the price. We're not celebrating yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. until we get to my car. And he's yeah. like, okay, cool. Like, no worries. This is my best friend as well. So he knows me very well. Like he knows, like he sort of picked up on a vibe that I was giving. Yeah. Eventually we went, went up, signed the contracts, met the vendors, had a really nice conversation. It was a family as well. Oh, okay. They had a little daughter. Yeah. I was like, I told them I was like very happy that I was buying off like people that are similar to me. Yeah. Like yep. I wasn't just buying off an investor. Um, they had a property in Preston, like they lived in Preston, but this was their investment property that they'd bought with their sister a long time ago and yeah. they'd held for 12 years. So I was like, oh, it's just nice to like buy off yeah. like real people. Yeah. yeah. And did, did the signing, uh, did the 10% deposit. And then when we left the building and got to my car and I went to my mate, I'm like, I just bought that place <laughs> for like way cheaper than I thought I was going to yeah. spend. Yeah. Um, Cause I was like so ready to pay 370 for it. Mm. And so we just had a, we just sort of had a bit of a riff, bit of a joke, but like, I made 20 grand today. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I saved yeah, 20, grand. Say 20 grand. Yeah. I'm like, I'm taking you for lunch. We'll go for lunch. Yeah. yeah. So we went and got burgers and donuts. Yeah. And they were calling, like talking to some other mates and cause I knew I was going to auction that day and they're like, how'd you go? And it's in the group chat, which my best friend was in as well. It's like, yeah. Carl saved 20 grand. It's 20, <laughs> it's 20 K Carl. Yeah, 20K Carl. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so those friends came around for dinner that night and I shouted everyone dinner. Oh, wow. Yeah. because I made 20K. 20K. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my process of buying. Yeah. That's why I'm quite happy. Definitely. Um, awesome. Yeah, and I really like the place. Again, at that price point, it was it was like, yeah, fantastic place at that price point. I don't think it was marketed that well. Yeah, okay. You said the photos didn't look that great. Photos didn't look that great and like not that many people showed up to the viewings. Like more people were showing up to other places that I'd gone to. Right. And again, I remember I said to a girl, I'm like, oh, like that was in the having a look as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really liked it. Like there's a window at the at that end of the building and the balconies at this end of the building and you can get air going through. And she was like, oh, I really like that. This is one of the girls I actually gave my list of notes to. Oh, no way. Because <laughs> like, you, they're like, oh, you've been doing this for a while. And you know, like, no, I'm like, I haven't been doing this for long, but I've been doing it intensely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't that many people there. Again, I don't think it was marketed that well. Yeah. That, a lot, marketing is a lot to do with the success of a sale. Yeah. 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 And then agent follow up and all the rest of it. But yeah. they knew that you, uh, from that, what I take, looking at it is they knew that you were the buyer. Yes. And so, you know, for the sake of getting an extra five grand out of you or whatever. Exactly. They knew that it was going to get sold. Yeah. I'd already done, like, I just, I was the only person that did a building and pest inspection before the auction. So I'd paid the 450 to get that done. Contract reviewed. I'd been through the property multiple times. I bugged the real estate agent with any question that I had. So they pretty much knew that I was going to be the guy. Yeah. I think that's why they sort of like called me the day before. Like, oh, there's two other people that are going to. Just checking you're still going to be there. Oh, yeah. He did say that. (laughs) Like, oh, you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss out. And I'm like, dude, obviously I'm coming to the, I spent 450 (laughs) bucks on the building in Pest. As if I'm just like, oh, no, I'm actually not even going to come to the auction. (laughs) Nah, I'm busy. I've got plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think they knew that I was in a buy. I think that that phone call the day before was to like try and like, you know, there'll be other people there. Yeah, just so. a scare tactics just to help you increase yeah. your limit. Like what is my walk away? Even after I bought, they were like, oh, there was this person that tried to get their pre-approval sorted before today and they didn't get it, like it didn't get sorted before today. So, But they would have been at this auction and they would have been bidding with you. Yeah, they just want to make you feel like you've won. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, whether that's true or not, who knows. But yeah, it's a, that's a typical. I'll couldn't get finance in time. Yeah. yeah. I think very well bought. That's awesome. Um, as a reflection, what do you wish you had known before going into this whole process? You did ask me before the podcast mm. about that. I can't think of anything major. I was under the pump. I was very stressed. I was spending a lot of my spare time learning, reading, looking at properties, looking online. What I wish I hadn't known before, like I knew it would be a big job. There's nothing like there's a hundred little tiny things. And I'm like, I didn't know that before, but I knew it because I learned it in the process. Oh, what, what I wish I knew before. I don't know. Like I was kind of forced to buy this place. Yeah. So you know, that was, I suppose, a lot of buyers, a lot of first-time buyers as well. I'm, I'm talking, a friend of mine talking about the buying property process. They're like, oh, yeah, I was looking like a year ago and sort of got over it and I stopped and, and oh, I'm just going to pick, I picked it up again. I'm looking at a place every now and then. When you're not forced to do it, you won't. Because as I said, it kind of sucks. Like going to opens every weekend, every Saturday. So when you're forced to do it, you sort of jump in head first. But like I'm going to pump up your tires now. And so your, <laughs> your podcast was very helpful. Yeah. Um, as I said, I listened to every episode and episodes that were like valuable to where I was at that time in my search, I would re-listen 
tip to listeners, I listen to podcasts on like 1.5 to yeah. 1.8 speed. Yeah. Yeah. Consume more content quicker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can get more podcasts in a day. So yeah, there's no big one thing sure. that I could say I wish I knew before. Yeah. Because Just learned a lot. There were so many little things that I'm like picked up and I'm like, okay, I wish I knew that week one, but I know it now in week four. So Totally. Great. And it's knowledge that you won't necessarily need for a, a number of years again as well. You know? No. And it might be different. It depends what your next step might be, whether you do purchase something else or you might go back into the rental market or it's just that cycle of, I guess, skill set that you acquire at a certain point in time. Yes. And you will reuse it at some point, but even then it'll be a new experience. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm so eager to pass on, like when I'd meet other young people yeah. at these opens because I, I like I could see, oh, like they're like, oh, I've just started looking. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know this? Do you know this? Do you know this? Like I would start just like, you know, info dumping on yeah. them. Because I'm like, I if someone had said that to me week one, that would have been like, that would have saved me yeah. an hour worth yeah. of reading online or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Knowledge is power and you only need it at that point in time. People often say, oh, well, they don't teach you this at school, you know, like we don't learn these things at school, but it's actually not relevant at the time. Like it's only relevant at a very specific point in time and not for very long because once it's done like once you settle next Thursday and you're in the property yep like all the stuff you've just like you don't you don't need to access that information for a long time again so yeah it's important to be in tune and on the ball when it's required yep but then eh, go live your life enjoy I think it's much more important to be able to know where to access good information yes rather than having to have that good information in your head at all times yes that's very yeah. true so just knowing where to you know, learn and learn fast and adapt. Just as, as a closing point, just on that, just made me think of something given the um, the way this purchase came about. Did your family have much influence in what you actually bought? No. No. Oh, they did. Yeah. I purposely bought a one-bedroom place instead of a two-bedroom place so my parents couldn't visit me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was their influence, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Currently, There's no sofa bed here. Yeah, I currently have a spare bed in a bedroom in where I currently live. Yeah. My parents visit a lot. They recently retired. Okay. And they visit a lot. Carl's house on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. They were here all last week. Okay. Drove me crazy. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. But they didn't have opinions then because I think some listeners and a lot of people like um, come across in the first home buying space, they are trying to fulfill their own needs and what they want, but they're also got a lot of people in their ear, yep. particularly family members and particularly parents or even grandparents who haven't experienced apartment buying because apartments are very much a millennial type of thing, in my opinion, unless you're downsizing to a big penthouse. So I find you can get flooded with a lot of things to think about when you have a lot of family influence on the back end, but you're probably lucky that you didn't have that because it does avoid a lot of um, trouble. One thing I did notice is that a lot of people would say, oh, why one bedroom apartment, not two? Yeah, okay, Um, yep. And again, I think like going back to when I first was buying, looking at renting versus buy, you've really got to look at like what, how you currently live yep. and what you what you actually do with your property. I have no need for a second bedroom. And I noticed that places with a second bedroom is instantly another $100,000. And I was like, why would I want $100,000 extra mortgage a year? Interest rates are going to be probably at 5% partway through next year. That's an extra five grand of just interest. I'm paying a penalty to have a room that I'm not really going to use. Totally. Yes. So I was like really looking at maximizing the type of house and what I would be using for my money. Yeah. That's a smart way to look at it. And I think um, that can only come in the hindsight of renting and understanding 
what's too much accommodation versus what's necessary. Yeah. Um, and probably a point of reflection for listeners if they are going through that process to like, what do I, what are my bare minimums? What do I actually need? Yeah. And what's so nice to have and at what price point? Actually, something I really wanted to mention yeah, on this podcast <laughs> when I was here, because I love Vince Scully so yes. much. Shout out to Vince. <laughs> Shout hey, out to Vince. Vince. I'd love if I could just like adopt him as my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people think that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that Vince has said. So I've worked in financial planning for a while. I've yeah. worked in finance. Something that Vince once said on a podcast, passing comment, but it stuck with me so well, is um, two biggest financial mistakes that people make in life is they buy too much house and they buy too much car. So they buy a fancy BMW car when really they should be driving a Hyundai i30 and they buy this massive house, massive mortgage that they're a slave to just to not use two of the bedrooms in this four-bedroom house or, you know, that bathroom that never gets used. So... Definitely something that I thought about a lot was like, you know, too much house, too much car, like live within your means and what you need. And again, as I said, I I never really wanted to buy property. I'm much more comfortable investing in the stock market. Yeah. So the less that I spent on a property, the more I could keep my investments in the market. I think that's super smart. And I think those who just accommodate themselves and and their needs, like a lot of people buy property accommodating someone else's needs of, you know, spare bedroom for when friends come over or when, like there is such thing as Airbnb in the neighbourhood. You can put them, it's cheaper to put someone in an Airbnb for the 10 nights a year they come and visit you than to pay, as you said, an extra 100000 for a room that you don't use, you know, 90% of the time. Think about, look at the last five years of your life. How many times have you had someone stay over at your place? Yeah. A couple of times. There's a couple of times that person stayed, like you, like probably going to, in the next five years of your life, you're probably going to have the same. Yeah. You can just, yeah, put them in an Airbnb or put Lot them on cheaper. the couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I have loved today because there's just so many like little golden bits, particularly being relatable to first home buyers. Uh, a lot of people who are first home buyers are buying an apartment. They need to know what to look out for, but also just to understand the journey. You know, for some people it's a quick journey. For some people it is a long journey, but I think probably the biggest takeaway for me is, and I see it a lot, unless you're sort of forced or have this deadline looming to buy, you can flounder around a bit, for lack of a better term. So whether you put your own uh, limitations on it or like a deadline on it in the in the journey, I think it's important to work towards something. There's always going to be other properties. You know, people are like, oh, but what if something else pops up? Or is this the one? I don't know. So you should really put a deadline of some sort around it to commit to a purchase, whether that be a pre-approval running out or your rental deadline or something like that. Because I think in your case, it's worked really well and you've had a great result and you might not have gotten to that point if you didn't have this, you know, these two pressures. Yeah, definitely. Like decision paralysis is another big one as well, where it's just like, but also I think, oh, this is something I picked up from your podcast as well, is you're never going to was it you're never going to get a hundred percent right? Like you're never going to have like pro- location, the property, yeah, all, some, the, all three. Yeah, unless you build on a piece of land that you bought in the area that you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like hitting 80% of what you needed is like perfect. Close and enough just, is good enough. Exactly. And just be happy. And I'm actually most happy that I don't have to look for a house anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm most happy. Like my weekends are back, you yeah. know, I'm hanging out with my friends again. I'm not being like, oh, dude, you know, I like there's a party that I really wanted to go to, but I I'd visited like six properties that day. And I was just like, my social battery is gone. Yeah, yeah. I cannot see myself at a party tonight. <laughs> uh, and I didn't go, but yeah. you know, now I've got my time back and, and I'm happy with the place. It, Hits eighty percent of yep. what I need, hundred yeah. percent, and well within budget as well. So that's exactly. that's awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, we were meant to record a few weeks ago and it's been delayed, but I think it's good. This will probably get listened to a lot over the summer break as well for people who are planning about property goals for 2023 as well. So if that's you, um, awesome that you have a goal in mind to take action and hopefully today's stories inspired you to do so. Um, but thank you for jumping on the podcast and thanks for being a listener <laughs> and shout out to all the other listeners that are out there. Um, it's so funny. It's such a weird concept that we sit here and record and people listen to what we say. I still can never get my head around that. But anyway, yeah. um, so thank you for coming in. I really appreciate your storytelling today. I enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you for asking me to come on. Oh, no yeah, worries. I was an avid podcast listener and yeah. first time podcast guest. Yeah, I love it. So good. Um, John and I will be back next week. We're actually recording together in Newcastle um, while we catch up for a couple of days. So there'll be a bit of content coming out with the two of us. So we will probably put a post on the My Money Money Facebook page if people have questions that they want us to answer. If you're not part of the Facebook group, you should go and join. Just search My Millennial Money in Facebook and you will find it. And I hope you have a great week ahead and John and I will be back next week. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.